I want to um, just kind of continuing talking about, you know, faith for the holy days. And uh, we started weeks ago, and the first thing that we started talking about was what? What was our first faith for the holy days? We're going to give everybody this year love. Why are we giving love? Because it always fits and nobody ever returns it. Amen. If you give love for this Christmas season, you're never going to go wrong. What are you going to give yourself? Forgiveness. We're going to forgive. Amen. We are not going to go another year with unforgiveness in our heart towards somebody that maybe did something to us or said something to us or maybe we were passed over, maybe we were mistreated, maybe we were offended. But you know what? We can be free. Give yourself the gift this year of forgiveness. Forgive that person. Forgive God if you need to forgive God. Maybe something didn't go the way that you thought it would. And we blame God for that sometimes. I've been there. But forgive yourself. The third thing we want to do is what? Which one? We're going to diet. That's right, Carrie. Thank you for letting Miss Carrie hit it. What are we going to diet? Stress, worry, and anxiety. We are on a diet, right? I've lost 27 pounds. Because I ain't worried about nothing. Amen? I'm eating whatever I want. I just don't care. No, that's not what we do. But I do. I do not need a life. Christmas, listen to me. Christmas should not be a season that brings us anxiety or fear or depression or any of those things. Amen? I want to diet those things out of my life. And the only way that I can diet is I have to do it on purpose. I have to die to it. Amen? Last week we talked about not letting the candle inside of us get quenched. And last week I was very, very specific about grieving the Spirit and quenching the Spirit. And we have to be able to have conversations like that. I can't always tell you that everything's good and everything's going to be all right. I also need to tell you that you have an enemy. And that enemy wants to get you all caught up into all kinds of sin. But if you'll be aware, if you'll know beforehand before you get into it, then you'll be prepared. Don't let the enemy blow it out that candle that's inside of you. Amen? Don't let, we need that light to shine more brightly than it's ever shined before. Your light has got to be bright. You've got to feed that light. Don't quench it. Don't grieve the Spirit of God. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian, then you need to live according to that calling. Amen? I can't call myself a Christian and live a life completely opposite to what the Bible says. Come on, somebody. But today, this is my favorite one. Everything that you do, everything you're about to, be re to receive, it needs to be wrapped in faith. Everything you're about to give and everything you're about to receive, it needs to be wrapped in faith. This season is all about faith. Everything that happened during this beautiful Christmas story didn't happen because God came down and made people do what he wanted them to do. God did not strong arm Mary or Joseph into doing what they did. They weren't tricked, they weren't manipulated, and they weren't forced. Guess what? They had a choice. Amen? They had a choice. Look at me at Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. It says, Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. 
Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. It still took Mary's faith for the plan of God to come forth. She had a choice. Does everybody understand that? Every day you and I have a choice whether to receive what God tells us. Isn't it so cool that every day I have a choice to believe or not believe what God says to me or about me through his word? I have a choice. I have a choice to believe that God loves me no matter what. I would dare to say that a lot of us deal with that issue. I don't feel like anyone loves me. I don't feel like God loves me. Because we're trying to take that spiritual thing and use our five physical senses to somehow discern it. And you're never going to discern his love through your flesh. It's a spirit to spirit thing. And the more time that I spend in the spirit, the greater. I think that's why this Christmas is so special to me. Because I've purposed this year to spend so much more time in the word. And so much more time in prayer. And Jesus is so much more real to me this year than he's ever been before. Now, I'm not one of those ones that have been sitting there praying in the ninth hour and Jesus walked through the wall and began to talk to me. I've never had one of those types of experiences. I'd like one. Wouldn't that be awesome? I, I, I do. I don't know. I've been thinking about heaven a lot. I'm not dying. But I've been thinking about heaven a lot. And I'm like, God, can I just have just a little glimpse? Just a little something. You know what I mean? While I'm here. To kind of, you know, give me something to aim for or whatever. You ever prayed that before? Am I the only one? Amen. I'm the only one. Thank you. Thank you for that. Merry Christmas. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. And this is the verse directly above Luke 1:38. Let me read Luke 1:38 for you again, but then I'm going to read 137. Actually, let me just read it first. Luke 137, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What God was asking Mary to do was impossible. Does everybody understand that? What God was asking Mary to do was impossible. How does someone produce a child without ever having any type of physical relationship with a man? It just doesn't happen that way. There's no physical way that can happen. It is impossible. But God asked of Mary of the impossible. And Mary's response to the impossible was, let it be done according to your word. Now listen to me. She had to believe it, but she didn't have to understand it. And a lot of times we get caught up in wanting to understand first and believe second. If you are wanting to understand first, then your soul is leading. We have to believe first, then our spirit can take over for us. A lot of times when our faith projects don't get answered or they take longer than they should, it's because we're trying to figure out how's it going to happen. Or how about this? We give God one of 10 ways in which he can bless us. 
Lord, here's a good one. Oh, Lord, you'll like this one. Doing the impossible or believing God doesn't mean you have to understand it. We don't have to. Mary did not understand. How is this going to happen? She had no reference of any type of relation. She'd never been with a man to start with. There was nothing to compare what was about to happen to her. But she said, you know what, God? You're asking. And I'm going to use my faith because this is the part. This is the real me, God. I'm going to say, just like her son said 33 years later in a garden, not my will, but thy will be done. Christmas is all about believing. Christmas is all about believing the impossible. Because what happened was impossible from start to finish. And guess what? God is still doing the impossible today. All we have to say is, God, let it be done to me according to your word. Your words are the most powerful things that you have when it comes to your faith. When it comes to the impossible, what you say to that impossibility, the first thing is going to either set you towards it or set you against it. When we get up into that impossible and he says, I need you to believe, Noah, we're going to build a boat. Say, what? You're going to build a boat and do what? Uh, can you imagine if God had to wait for Noah to catch up? Let me, whoa, 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 God. We're going to first, you're going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to build this boat. I don't know, what's a boat? What's a boat look like? There's only me. And then you're going to, I'm going to get animals two by two. Can you imagine, see, all those people in Hebrews chapter 11 are not there because they understood God. They're there because they believed God. And if we can move from a place of trying to understand, God, I don't understand. Quit saying I don't understand. Quit saying I don't know. Quit saying I don't have what I don't have. Start saying what you have. Start speaking what you know. And if you don't know what to say, don't say anything at all. We have got to get serious about our faith projects. Long-standing faith projects coming to pass. Amen? Amen? Don't speak what you see. Speak what you want. That's what God did. That's what Mary did. God, I don't know how this is going to happen, and please talk to Joseph. Because like Lucy, Lucy, you got some splanning to do. What an amazing man Joseph must have been. What just a simply amazing man of faith. He had to be an older man. He had to be somebody that was skilled in the things. Uh, he, he, he wasn't young because he had to be somebody that had, you know, was firm, was disciplined, was uh, going to be able to guide and lead Mary and Jesus through Egypt and through all the things that they did. He was a good man. I say this all the time. I think that, you know, some days Jesus, you know, just walks down to his parents' house in heaven. 
with Mary and Joseph and just hangs out with them as his mom and dad. They were good people. They loved their son. And I think God spared Joseph of seeing his son on that cross because there ain't a dad in this room that wouldn't have gone crazy and jumped up there to pull their son down. It takes faith, guys. Are you facing an impossible situation? Is anybody in this room facing an impossible situation? Then you are right where you're supposed to be. And you're not alone. And my prayer today is that you will just simply say, God, let it be unto me according to your word. And trust God. Don't have to understand how it's going to happen. But you have to trust him and you have to believe him. I'm excited for 2024 because I want to see more of the impossible done in this church. I want 2024 to be the year of the impossibilities. I want it to be a year where we see things, miracles, healings, long-standing faith projects come to pass, restoration, outpourings of his spirit. I want to see the impossible. I believe that God still wants to do the impossible, and he wants to do it to us and through us. If, we'll get in, if we will get in line with his word, we will see the impossible. Amen? Jesus, <laughs> he walked over and he looked at a mountain. He could have looked at anything. I wish he would have looked at something smaller. But he looked at a mountain and he said, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whomsoever shall say unto this mountain... Be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Three times in that verse he says say. Nothing about praying. He said say. We have to speak to our mountains. It's impossible for a mountain to move by itself unless there's an earthquake or something happens naturally in the earth. But when we talk about picking up a mountain and casting it into the sea, that takes faith. And each and every one of us has the ability to speak to mountains. And it's the same faith that Mary had. You don't have to understand the mountain. Don't have an opinion about your mountain. Speak what God says about your mountain. Speak to the mountain. What is the mountain in your life right now? All Mary said was, Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. And that's all I'm saying from now on. God, but now here's the caveat with that. You got to go into the word and find out what God said. Because just to say, let it be done according to your word, if you don't know what word he's talking about, say, I'm going to give you some scriptures that Mary knew for her to stand on about what she was getting ready to do. Because she had to have faith to do it. And faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by whose word? The word of God. Amen? Thank you, Lord. We can test the prophetic accuracy of Scripture by asking one question. Okay? We can test the prophetic accuracy of the Bible by doing one or saying one thing. Are you ready? Did it come to pass? That's how you ask or tell if somebody is a prophet or not. Is what they're saying, did it come to pass? If it didn't come to pass, guess what? You missed it. But the only way that we can test 
the, the scriptures to make sure that they are accurately is did they come to pass. So look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Genesis 3, 15. And it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. And he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Even in the book of Genesis, right when Adam and Eve messed up, God prophetically started telling the devil exactly what was going to happen. Now, the interesting thing about that is that between... Back to that scripture for me, Jonathan. Go back to that for me. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. Help me real quick. Do women have seed? Who has seed? How do you tell whether a man's a man or a woman's a woman? Seed. Any other questions? There is no other way to do that because women don't have seed. Only men do. She and she and her seed... She didn't have it. Mary didn't have any seed. It was his seed that destroyed the devil. Isn't that awesome? That scripture was written 1,500 years before Jesus was born. 1,500 years before he was born. And he started talking about his seed against the enemy's seed. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign... The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call his name Emmanuel. This was written over 700 years before Christ was born. Listen to me. A virgin birth has not, nor can it be, duplicated. It cannot be duplicated. Listen to me. 700 years. Do you think Mary, her, her, her heart went back to the scripture? And she was like, you know what? This was prophesied. I'm a virgin. This makes, this, I, this, is, this makes sense to me, God, what you're saying to me. Because you're saying that God was going to be born. Emmanuel, God with us. So, Lord, I have this scripture that I can stand on that, that totally backs up everything that you're saying to me. So now I can receive this by faith because it's in your word. You said this was going to happen. I found myself in the book, and this is what's going to happen. See, you have to find yourself in the book. Mary found herself in the book. We have to find ourselves in the book. You need to go in the book on purpose and find yourself. What is God saying to you? Because that's where your face is going to come from. What is God saying to you? Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem, I'm not going to butcher the last name there, Epathria, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be a ruler of Isaac, whose origins are from old. 800 years before it happened, it was prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. Micah prophesied it. 
Bethlehem is also known as the city of David. Bethlehem is also known, it means a place of bread, city of bread. Why is that important? Because Jesus was the bread of life. Jesus is the word. Do you see how everything lines up? Do you see how prophecy and the whole word just lines up line upon line upon line? But it was written 800 years uh, before it ever happened. Jeremiah 31, 15. Thus says the Lord, a voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children. She refuses to be comforted for her children because they are no more. Hundreds of years before it happened, There was the prophecy that King Herod was going to kill every child that was under two years old. We don't talk about that part during Christmas, do we? Of how many children lost their lives. The same thing that Pharaoh tried to do to kill Moses. See, the Satan has no new tricks. The same tricks that he tried to use to kill Moses is the same tricks that he tried to kill Jesus with. He said, I'll just kill everything under two years old. That was prophesied years and years, hundreds of years before it happened. Hosea 11.1, when Israel was my child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Written 800 years before Jesus' birth, Mary and Joseph, after a dream, fled with Jesus to Egypt. Do you see how all of these scriptures on top, they had a biblical, they had a written confirmation of everything that they were about to do. Mary and Joseph didn't just launch out and do this stuff just to, um, because it was comfortable or because it was convenient. They went to the Word. They found themselves in the Word and did what the Word told them to do. And when they did what the Word told them to do, it prospered them, it kept them healthy, and it kept them protected. If we will do the same thing, If we will go to the Word and find ourselves in the Word, it will keep you profitable, it'll keep you protected, and it'll keep you plentiful. But you have to find yourself in the Word. None of this comes for free. Amen? None of us gets a free ride in this. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. For all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Jesus is the fulfillment of all the promises of God, old and new. Listen to me. All the prophecies and all the promises of God are not hidden from us. They're hidden for us. Why do you think so few people understood when Jesus was born? Why did the wise men understand what was going on? Because they had been in the Word. They had been looking and looking and looking for Messiah. They knew what the signs would be. They knew what the times would be. They knew where he would be born. They knew everything about him. Why? Because they went into the word on purpose and they were looking for Jesus. Each and every one of us has to go into the word for ourselves looking for Jesus. Do you want to be a wise man? Then do what the wise men did. Go into the word on purpose. Look for Jesus in those scriptures. Ask him to reveal himself to you through his word. And he will lead you and he will guide you and you will always be where you need to be with everything you need to do what he's called you to do. If we'll just do what they did. See, we look at this as a little story. But this whole story is wrapped in faith. 
And every day we make a decision whether to wrap or unwrap the promises of God. Every day there are presents and gifts that are given to us. And we either look at that gift and we go, man, I'm trying to understand this. I wonder what's in this. And we shake it like I do under the Christmas tree that my wife doesn't know about. And I shake the gifts and I know. And I look at that one, what's in here? I'm try if I really want to know what's in the gift, what do I have to do? I got to open the gift. Just because the gift is under my tree doesn't mean that I get to do whatever that gift does. I have to unwrap it. And I hear the Lord saying, unwrap my promises. Unwrap my gifts. I'm in your house all day, every day. Everything that you need, you already have. Quit waiting for Amazon to come and bring you something. I've already delivered everything to you that you could possibly need, but you're not taking time. You're not looking for me in the scriptures. You're not spending time with me. I'm trying to tell you what these things are. See, a lot of you are believing God for money. Don't ask for money. You don't need money. You need wisdom. You need wisdom. More money never fixed anything. You need the wisdom of God in your situation. In that wisdom is the prosperity. Notice that Solomon was wise and rich. Those things are synonymous. Wisdom always leads you to more, never to less. The wisdom of God. Merry Christmas. Whew. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We have to look on purpose. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews eleven six, But without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those who come to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of him who diligently seeks him. What is the reward of those who diligently seek God? The thing that you're asking for. That's the reward. When we diligently seek God, when we go after God on purpose, I never accidentally got in shape. Not once. I never accidentally worked out. Everything I did, I did on purpose, and I had a plan. Amen? Amen? Everything that you're waiting for, we have to be more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of like when we came up and started doing living with purpose. You know, you, you have to be, what's the word? What's the word? Intentional. Intentional. Thank you, Davey. Davey knew exactly what I was trying to say. If you want to have an intentional life, you have to live it intentionally. You have to have an intention. You have to know that things, we don't we just want things to happen to. I don't want to just go through life bopping into stuff and think that I have no control over my life. You do. You have 100% control over your life. You are the prophet of your own life. What you are speaking over your life is what you're having. There's no other way to say it. God framed our world with faith-filled words. Every day I get up, I frame my world with faith-filled world, words. Whether it's going to be good or whether it's going to be bad. So, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let's make 2024 the year of more. Let's make 2024 a year of restoration. Does anybody believe in God for restoration? Does anybody need something restored to them? We're going to be talking a lot about that, especially at the beginning of the year. It's really strong in me on restoration. So we're going to be believing God for that. Amen? Please come back to church tonight. We're going to, I promise you, I might go this long, but it'll be good.
It's going to be really good. And you'll get a little LED light and you can sing Silent Night with us and it's going to be really special. And you can take pictures in front of the Christmas tree because everybody likes to have their pictures done in front of that Christmas tree, don't you? Amen. $5 a picture this year and it's all going to missions. That's a lie. Just know that you're loved and appreciated and you're not alone and um, you're a blessing and uh, you're going to be blessed. Stand up. We don't ever like to let a service end without giving you an opportunity. I can't think of a better time to ask Jesus to be our Lord and be our Savior. If you would like to join his family, he'll never force himself on you. He'll never make you. He doesn't make you pay dues or nothing. It's really good. He did all the work, he paid all the price, and all you have to do is just receive his membership. And it's very simple. All you have to do is just just ask Jesus um, to come into your heart, be your Lord and Savior. Pray this with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I want to know you. Come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a hunger for your word. Heal me of all my diseases. Deliver me from all addictions. Give me a hunger to know you, God. Fill me with your sweet Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Jesus, say this with me. Jesus, be my best friend. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We'll be back tonight at 6. Please come. Know that you're loved. Say hi. Hug some necks on the way out the door. Jesus is Lord. We'll see you back.